You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. Well, this is week number eight in our series called Keys to Powerful Prayer. And so we're just taking our time and we're studying what the Bible has to say about an effective prayer life. You know, I believe that that's something that every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ needs to have active in their lives. Not only spending time in the word of God, but spending time in in prayer, fellowshipping with the Lord. And I believe that that makes for a whole life as a believer in the word of God and in fellowship with God in prayer. And so let's take a a first few moments and let's look at, at our foundation scripture. Again, I'm going to be reading it from three different translations, and and we're especially focusing in on the last portion, and that's found in James chapter 5 and verse 16. In the New King James, it says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then I like what the Amplified says, the Amplified Classic in the latter part of that verse. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. And then the Passion Translation in the latter part of that verse says, for tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. And so as we've been saying every single week, prayer is simply about your two-way communication with your heavenly father. It's the doorway to accessing the power of God through prayer and through his presence. And, And it's what opens the door for God to be able to move in our lives. You know, I'm reminded of that phrase, that quote from John Wesley that says, it seems that God can do nothing in the earth except someone ask him. And so prayer is a very, very important thing. I like something that I heard recently that Oral Roberts said. He said, prayer is the foundation of every Christian endeavor, regardless of any man's ability, if he will, it will fail if not backed by prayer. So the the man or his endeavor will fail if not backed by prayer. Failure of all Christian enterprise is a prayer failure. And it's it just means we have failed to make a connection to the Father and give him the opportunity to be able to move in our situation. And so then last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Again, I'm going to read it from three different translations. The New King James Bible in Ephesians 6, 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. The easy to read version of Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit at all times. And we're going to talk in future lessons about exactly what that means. And then he goes on to say, pray with all kinds of prayer 
and ask for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready. Never give up. Always pray for all of God's people. And then in the NIV of that same verse, it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and request. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You know, people have thought that prayer was just prayer and uh, it's a revelation to some to find out that there are actually different kinds of prayer. The, the Amplified Bible says, pray with all manner of prayer. Goodspeed's translation says, use every kind of prayer and entreaty and at every opportunity pray in the spirit. And so again, we, we see that there are many different applications, different kinds of prayer, and that there are different principles or rules that apply to the different kinds of prayer. And you can't cross them over. You can't just mix them up. You know, I heard Brother Hagin say a long time ago that a lot of people think prayer is just all thrown in a big paper grocery bag and shaken up and just poured out and prayer is just prayer. No. And as we said to you last week, that's like saying sports are sports and the rules of different kind of sports don't matter because it's all sports. Well, that's not necessarily true. You can't play different sports. You can't get out and play golf by baseball rules. No, you have to play golf by golf rules and stay within the lane, if you will, of playing golf and then apply baseball rules when you're playing baseball. And so the same principle is true. There are different rules that affect and impact each kind of prayer. And you need to, to be mindful of these. Now, again, they're not rules to place you in bondage. Uh, they're not rules to bind you up. No, they're principles and rules to make sure that your prayer is effective, that your prayer is getting the results that God desires for you to get. And like we read in James 5, 16, that your prayer is effective, making power available in your life in order to impact your life. And so we said last week, you know, somebody might ask, well, what is the best or most important kind of prayer? Well, the best kind of prayer is the one that's needed at the moment. You know, we're, we're going to encounter different needs, different situations, different occasions for all kinds of different prayer applications. And so we need to be familiar with what uh, the rules are for prayer where a situation arises or, you know, when a need arises. You know, somebody might come to you and, and say, I, I need you to pray for my healing and, and pray with me for healing in my body. Well, you don't take the prayer of intercession necessarily and the rules that apply to that and use that in that situation. No, there might be some things and we're going to talk about today where you, you need to pray the prayer of agreement. You don't pray the prayer uh, of rules that apply for corporate prayer when, when you're praying just in your private prayer time. And at the same time, you know, if somebody comes up and asks you for prayer like that, you don't just bust out and start praying in tongues. No, you need to have, have some understanding and some guidelines and, and things that you follow where prayer is concerned. Now, you might start out with one kind of prayer and then end up praying in the Spirit or moving over into one of the other types of prayer. 
But again, it's all about understanding the workings of each of these types of prayer. Now we started out a couple of sermons ago talking about the prayer of faith. How do we pray the prayer of faith, which is the prayer of petition? It's where we bring requests before the Lord that are in line with the written word of God. And then we pray in faith based upon those requests believing that God has heard our prayer and that the prayer is answered in Jesus name. And so we need to know when do we pray the prayer of faith? How do we pray the prayer of faith? And so I encourage you go back and listen to that sermon and pick up some things about praying the prayer of faith. Now, last week we talked about two more kinds of prayer, both of which are very, very important. The first one we talked about is the prayer of consecration. And that's where we pray and, and we dedicate our lives to God's use and his will. So it, it's when we learn to set aside our will, what we desire and what we might want to have come to pass in a certain situation. And we decide to pick up the will of God and pray the will of God for our lives. And, and so you commit and dedicate yourself to the will of God. It's where we say, Father, and we follow the model of Jesus where he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. You know, and, and that's similar to what Jesus prayed and what we call the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter six, when he prayed this, he said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we learned that uh, this is a daily thing that you need to do where you commit yourself to the will of God and walking out the will plan and purpose of God for your life, even if it means that you have to uh, set aside your desires and your will and you pursue after the will of God. Now we did say this, and I don't want you to ever forget it, that there is a tremendous amount of blessing that is available on the other side of that prayer. Man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like being in the will of God and knowing that that is the safest place that you can be because that's where God's provision is. That's where God's blessing is. That's where his peace is, is knowing that you're in the will of God and that you're committed to walking in the will of God. And then the third type of prayer we talked about last week is the prayer of commitment. And uh, that might seem like we're talking about the prayer of consecration, but no, the prayer of commitment is where we're casting our worries and our cares over on the Lord and refusing to worry about our lives. You know, worry, stress, anxiety, all of the things that go, you know, all and all their cousins that go with those things. Those are not the will of God for your life. God wants you to live in peace and he's provided peace for us and he's made it available to us. And the requirement for us to walk in the peace of God is we're going to have to cast our cares over on him. We're going to have to cast our worries over on him. The Bible says that, that, and literally in the Greek language, what it means is to cast, is to fling violently, throw your cares over on him. 
And then as we said, as we wrapped up last week, remember this, when you cast your cares and your worries, your anxieties and all your concerns over on him, don't pick them back up. You know, man, I tell you, I, I have wrestled with that before where, you know, I'd cast my cares over on the Lord and just, just a few minutes later, I find myself and I'm worried and I'm anxious about whatever that situation is. And again, what I've done is I've picked those cares back up and decided to carry them myself. And I had to repent and say, nope, in Jesus' name, I cast all that over on the Lord. And when that worry tries to get back on you, no, just open your mouth and say, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. That belongs to the Lord. I've cast that care over on the Lord. That care doesn't belong to me anymore. And, and just begin to, you know, and listen, do it as many times as you need to. Uh, you know, the prayer of consecration and the prayer of commitment are prayers that you can pray over and over and over again. You know, you can pray the prayer of consecration many times in a day. Father, not my will, but yours be done. And then as you know, you're going through life and you've prayed the prayer of commitment and worry tries to get back on you, say, no, I don't receive worry in Jesus name. I've rolled the care of that over on the Lord. And keep that in the hands of the Lord and refuse to take it back up. Refuse to pick it back up. Now today, we're going to talk about a different kind of prayer. And it's an important kind of prayer. And you need to understand uh, how it works. And that is the prayer of agreement. The prayer of agreement. And so let's look at this prayer. Now this prayer and the prayer of faith are very closely related, but the prayer of faith doesn't necessarily have anybody else involved in it. It's between you, the Word of God, the Holy Ghost, and the Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus, and that's it. Now, the prayer of agreement involves the prayer of faith, but it involves other people. And so let's look at this. Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. This is Jesus speaking. And it says, the reason we know that's because it's in red. And it says, assuredly, I say to you, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you. Now, notice he said again. So he's taught them this before. He said, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth, concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, you know, I'll quote verse 20, and others do too, and apply it to a church service or, you know, even a gathering like we're having right now, where Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. That, that is true. But he is specifically talking in the context here of what happens when two or more believers come together in agreement in his name that he is right there. And he's saying to us that whenever there are two people who are agreeing in prayer, Jesus is right there to make that prayer good. In other words, to see to it that that prayer is answered and fulfilled. Now, as long as that prayer is in line with God's word, heaven 
backs it up and he backs up and heaven backs up what we agree for in prayer. That's what he meant. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, why is the prayer of agreement so important and so powerful? Well, the, the truth of the matter is the bottom line is it's about unity. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but God is big on unity. He's big on people uh, being able to dwell together spiritually in unity. You know, if you'll think back in Acts chapter two, where the 120 were in the upper room, the Bible says that they were all together and they were in one accord. What that means in the Greek language, the actual Greek word says that they were in cardia, meaning they had one heart. They were woven together in their purpose and in their mindset and what they were thinking about. And they were woven together spiritually in one heart. And that's really what God is after. And I'm telling you, if you get a couple of people or more that are dwelling together in the name of Jesus, that are dwelling in one heart and are unified in thought, word, and purpose, man, I'm telling you, all kinds of things can happen. God can step into that situation. I'm reminded of, and we'll talk about this when we're talking about corporate prayer, but in, in Acts, the, the fourth chapter, when Peter and John were persecuted for, for healing a man in the name of Jesus, the Bible says that they went to their own company and they all prayed in unity together so much so that the building where they were gathered together was shaken, literally shaken. And then the Bible says that they, they all went out from that place with the answer to their prayer, boldness to preach the gospel and to preach the word of God everywhere they went. So unity is what God is after. And so when two people get into agreement, and we'll kind of talk about two primarily because that's what Jesus said, he said in verse 19, that if any two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done by my, for them by my father. And then he expanded it in verse 20 when he said, when two or three are gathered together. Now, what happens in the prayer of agreement is there is a heart connection and a faith connection that are made. Let me read it to you, uh, Matthew 18, 19. In the Amplified Bible, it says this, and I like the way the Amplified says it because it, it, well, I'll explain it in just a second. He said, again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, and then parenthetically it says, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything that they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, the reason that that phrase harmonize together and make a symphony together is in the Greek language when it says, if any two of you agree, any two of you on earth agree, the Greek word that's used there is insumphoneo, which means come together in harmony, in a symphony together. And it's very, very powerful. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with 
harmony and symphony, those are two musical terms, but harmony is what happens when you have more than one instrument or one voice playing or singing at the same time, and they all fit within the same structure, the same musical organization, if you will, and the harmony is that they're singing the same part rhythmically, but they're different in notes. In other words, they're not exactly the same in the sense of they might be some, doing something individually, but they come together and it causes a beautiful sound to be made. And so when we come together in, in agreement, in prayer, we're making harmony together. We're making symphony together in the sense of we're all different individuals, just like there's different instruments and different voices. But when we come into agreement with one heart together, we're making one sound before the Lord and, and it is able to facilitate the power of God being released into that situation. And so it says, if any two of you on earth agree, harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever anything, anything and everything that they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now listen, it's not that you can't pray by yourself and you can be effective praying by yourself. And you can pray, and the prayer of faith is, very, is a very powerful way to pray. But when two or more people truly pray in agreement, it causes something really cool to happen, and that's called multiplication. See, the power of God, there's a principle in the Word of God that shows us that when two people or more are working together spiritually, that the power of God is multiplied and it's multiplied in prayer and, and prayer power by staggering proportions. Let me read a scripture to you from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 32 verses 29 and 30. It says this, verse 29, Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end, talking about the enemies that were coming against the children of Israel. How could one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock, capital R, talking about the Lord, had sold them or been with them and the Lord had surrendered them? In other words, when the, the children of Israel got into unity and got into agreement together, that the power was multiplied 10 times. So it says if one, and then this is where we get the phrase, if one can put a thousand to flight, then two can put 10,000 to flight. So with the Lord's help, two people in agreement were able to defeat their enemies that far outnumbered them. In other words, you can do 10 times as much with someone agreeing with you as you can by yourself. Now, I want to say this. This is so important for, for a husband and wife that are believers to understand this. Man, the power, and this, for you single folks, this isn't leaving you out, okay? But I, I want married folks to truly understand the prayer potential 
that is available to them if they will come together in agreement, in prayer, man, you can see some tremendous things take place. A husband and wife can become mighty partners in prayer and see some tremendous things happen. Let me read to you a scripture from Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12. And it says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. They can get more done. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly or easily broken, one translation says. So Ecclesiastes, Solomon is telling us here in Ecclesiastes that the power that's made available when two people, particularly two married people, get together in agreement, it says, and of course agreed in around the word of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit, it says a threefold cord is not easily broken. You know, if you were to take a string and you know, you could probably break that string somewhat fairly easily. But if you take three strands of that string, string and you wind it together, it becomes a cord or a rope at that point. And it is much more difficult to break and to break the bond of that, that cord once it comes together like that. And the same thing is true in prayer. When two people, particularly two married people, come together in prayer, in agreement, man, the power of God is multiplied and it is harder for that cord to be broken. Now, to further understand this, I'm, I'm going to give you some principles, but the prayer of, of agreement, one of the benefits of it is that it can hold you steady when the, the devil starts applying pressure, now here's why that threefold cord is so strong, is because you can hold each other accountable in your faith and what you agreed for. Let me say that again. The prayer of agreement, when you have prayed and agreed with someone like your spouse or a close friend or whoever it might be, that that prayer can hold you steady when the devil starts applying pressure. Now you need to know he's going to start applying pressure to you to get you to back away from what you have believed God for. He doesn't want you having answers to your prayers. Did you know that? The devil doesn't want you to get your prayers answered. Now God does. God wants to answer your prayers. And so when the devil starts applying pressure, and he will, then you need to know that you can hold each other accountable in faith and you can hold each other in accountable in what you prayed for. Now, let me give you some, some principles here about, um, the prayer of agreement. And here's why I want to say this. Let me give you this illustration before I give you these points. I can remember when I was in Bible school a long time ago, back in the early 80s, in 1982, I can remember I was working 
at a business and there was a handful of us Rama students that worked there. And then there was a couple of guys that were Rama graduates that worked there. And, and there was this one guy that I worked with uh, and I interfaced with occasionally as I worked. And, uh, I remember, I just, I, I don't even remember what the need was, what I was praying about. And, uh, he did something and I'm so glad he did it because here, you know, some 42 years later, I can remember when he did it, when he said it and why he said it. And, uh, so I just happened to pass by him. He worked in our shipping department and he was standing there getting some parts ready to be shipped. And, and I said, Hey, uh, I need you to agree with me in prayer about thus and so whatever the need was. And I can remember he didn't even stop. He didn't even look up. He didn't even hardly acknowledge me. And he said this, yeah, I agree with that. And then he kept on doing what he was doing. And then he kind of laughed. And then he stopped a little later on and explained to me why he did what he did. See the prayer of agreement is not just you mentally assenting to someone that, that you're, you're, you're signing off on their prayer request. No, it's something that's very intentional. It's something that's very on purpose, if you will. And it's not just you say, you know, somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I need you to agree with me in prayer on thus and so it's not just you saying, yeah, I agree. And that's it. And there, there's nothing else that's said about it. No prayer is mentioned. The word of God is not mentioned. You know, God doesn't even come up in the equation. And that's not what the prayer of agreement was and is. And so I'm so grateful he showed me that and kind of helped me with that. But let me give you these four principles. And listen, don't get in bondage to these things. These are just guidelines to help you where the prayer of faith is or and the prayer of agreement is concerned. Now you'll find some similarities in what I'm getting ready to tell you with the prayer of faith. So here's the first thing. Number one, come together and find the scriptures to build a platform for your prayer. In other words, the two of you, and this is where a husband and wife, it's ideal, but find some scriptures, find out what does the word of God have to say about our situation that we're wanting to pray about. You know, if it's a financial need, find out what does the word say? If it's healing that is needed in one of your bodies, then find out what does the word say about your healing? If it's, you know, divine protection for a child that, you know, your child, then come into agreement, find out what the Bible says about your situation. Because as we have already said to you in the previous sermons, that's where your confidence in prayer is going to come from is knowing that you are praying based on the word of God. So take some time, find out what the word says about the situation that you're going to be praying about. And I know sometimes there's not time, physical time, uh, to do that. But, and this is why you need to have the word already built into your heart. But if you can take some time, find out what the Bible says and, uh, and give yourself a platform to stand on in prayer. Number two, make sure that you are in the same place in faith. You know, all of us are at different levels. 
All of us are at different levels in our spiritual growth. All of us are at different levels where our faith is concerned. And you know, you might be in a relationship or a situation where that prayer partner is not exactly where you are in faith. And what you need to do is lovingly find out, identify where they are, ask them, say, what can you believe for? You know, sometimes I'll give you a great example. If you have someone that is needing healing in their body and uh, they come to you and they say, uh, you know, I would like for you to pray with me concerning this, this sickness or disease in my body. And so you can ask them, well, what can you believe for? Well, I can believe that when I, I go to the doctor, they're going to open the door and be able to provide for me to have surgery and the surgery will take care of the situation. And so listen, don't, don't ridicule them. Don't, you know, fuss at them because you know, that's not exactly where you are in faith. No, if that's where they are at the moment, then, then grab a hold of that with them. You know, let your faith be there that the surgery will be successful, that the surgeons are guided supernaturally by the Holy Ghost and that the power of God will work in that situation. And so the medical procedure will help facilitate the healing in their body. And so, you know, and especially if there's not time for you to be able to minister the word to them and try and lift them up in their faith, but ask them, what can you believe God for? And let them tell you, well, I can believe that, that uh, the surgery will be successful and so forth. Well, jump in there with them at that moment, at that point. Agree with them there. And don't deride them. Don't humiliate them. Don't embarrass them. No, just get in there with them with where, where they are. Now, if time will allow then spend some time with them. Show them what the word says and see if you can build their faith up to where you are. <clears throat> and so make sure that you're in the same place in faith. You might need to come down where they are or you might need to come up. You might be the one, you know, and you're needing prayer. And uh, the other person says, can, hey, can, I can believe God for total and complete healing in your body by the power of God in the name of Jesus. Can you believe for that? Well, I don't know. I sure hope so. Uh, no, no, we're not talking about the prayer of hope. We're talking about the prayer of agreement. So you might be the one that needs to come up and that's okay. The point is get to the same place that you can agree together in faith. Now, Verse or, or number three, principle three, rather, if you can, and you have time to do this, write the verses down and make an agreement together. Get your legal pad out or get your computer out, type it up, write the verses down and make an agreement like a contract. Make it as serious as a contract. Make an agreement and then date it and sign it, okay? So you have it spelled out. These are the scriptures that we believe that the word of God declares that we have what it is that we agree on and we agree together in Jesus' name and date it and sign it. And then I'll tell you why in just a moment. And so after you do that, then number four is both of you pray over that thing, man, get together, lay hands on that agreement, 
catch hands together, whatever you need to do and get into agreement over that contract, if you will, that prayer of agreement. Be specific in your prayers. You know, Philippians chapter four and verse six in the Amplified Bible says, make your definite specific request known unto God with thanksgiving. Listen, don't him haul around. Be specific based on what the word promises you and be specific in your prayer request. And here's a key. You, one prays and the other one listens to that prayer and the other prays and the other listens to that prayer. And here's why. So you can both hear each other pray and you both know we are in 100% agreement. Man, our hearts are knit together on this. I heard them pray. I know where their faith is. I know what they're believing God for. And so you can come together and you can pray over that situation because if you're both praying at the same time, or if one of you takes off in tongues and the other's praying in English, uh, and, and the other's not really listening to what's being prayed, then that's not 100% agreement. No, you need to listen to each other pray, come into agreement, and pray over that situation. And, and then here's why you write it down is so that you can go back and you can look at it later on, especially a couple. If this is a family situation, man, you can dig that thing back out and you can say, listen, Father, we remember what you did for us two years ago when we came together and we prayed and we agreed and you showed up and you met the need or you healed so-and-so's body or you did, you answered the prayer and you can remind yourself of those things and keep them before you as a record of your prayer and what you prayed. And so, and again, I'm not telling you or trying to get you to say your prayer won't work if you, can, if you can't follow all of these steps. But what I do want you to do is be intentional, be specific. Don't just be haphazard and lackadaisical about this thing. No, man, be serious about this. This is spiritual business heavenly business that you're dealing with here and you need to be intentional. You need to do it on purpose. And, uh, you know, listen, if you're not married, find you somebody that you trust, that you can be honest with and that you can pray and agree together. And you know, and so here's the other part about that contract situation is hold each other accountable. Listen to what each other is saying, because there's going to be a temptation to maybe relax a little bit or give up. And the other person that you're in agreement with needs permission and needs to be able to say, nope, we're not quitting. We're not backing down. We're not coming off this thing until we get the answer that we agreed for, because the word says that if any two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done by my father, which is in heaven. And so listen, man, this is a powerful thing. And I'm telling you, it might seem like it's a, you know, little, uh, little more work involved in it, but I'm telling you the, the things, the, the answers to prayer that will happen as a result of you coming into agreement with someone and your heart being knit together and there being something spiritual that takes place, I'm telling you, it will absolutely 
blow your socks off because you'll see God do some things in your life that he's never been able to do before because you weren't in agreement. Amen. Do you receive this today? I know you do. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these wonderful people and the word that they've heard today. Father, I believe that this word is true. This thing that Jesus said about the prayer of agreement, I believe that it's true. And I believe that if we will do what the word says, we can have what the word says we can have. And Father, I believe in the name of Jesus. And I pray for especially married couples, Lord, that they would learn and understand the power that is available to them when they come into agreement on your word and believe you and trust you, that they will see you show up and do mighty things. And Father, for those who might not be married, Lord, bring people into their lives that they can get into agreement with and that can pray together and they can see you move. And Father, I thank you for it. Lord, I believe in the name of Jesus that as we pray and we agree together that we're going to see you do what you said you would do. And I thank you for it. And I praise you for it. Now, Father, I just agree with every single person here today that in Jesus' name, every need of every household is met. I agree with them and I declare in Jesus' name, every physical body is healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet right now in Jesus' name. Now get into agreement with me. Get into agreement with what I just declared over your life. Pastor agreed with me and I am the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. And I believe that healing will manifest in your physical body. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Thank you for being with me today. I so love you and appreciate you. And uh, I want to tell you that and let you know that I don't take, it, take you for advantage, that I believe God with you and for you. And I believe God's doing some awesome things in your life in Jesus' name. Now, listen, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, if he's not the Lord of your life and you've never been born again, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. It's really simple. Jesus did all the hard work for us. He went to the cross. He shed his blood. He endured all that came with that for you and for me so that we could be born again. We could be saved and we could have new life in Christ and we could spend an eternity with him in heaven. So if you've never made that decision before, I want to invite you to do that today. Just pray this simple prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for me. And I believe with all my heart that he was raised from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my heart I make you my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood and make me clean and holy. Forgive my past and give, a, give me a brand new start. Now fill me to the full and overflowing with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me just now, we believe you got born again. 
man, you, I tell you, you have just made the best decision you could have ever made in your life. And that was to give your life to Jesus Christ, to put him on the throne of your heart, take you off the throne, put him on the throne and then let him do with your life what he desires. And I'm telling you, he's got good things in store for you. And so we love you so much and we're celebrating the decision that you made today. And I want to encourage you, if you can, let somebody know that you prayed that prayer. Let us know. Send us an email at info at springhill.cc or my story. The addresses are right there on your screen at springhill.cc and let us know that you prayed that prayer and you gave your heart to Christ. We want to celebrate with you. We want to join in with the angels in heaven because Jesus said that when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. And so we want to celebrate with you. We want to join in with you. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.